welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts. It's the show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussain. You can follow me at hkizvani on twitter.com. As always, I am joined by my co-host who is basking in the beautiful North London sun, uh, Phoebe Roy. Phoebe, how is it going? I'm basking in the beautiful North London sun. I don't, I think you can't look with your intro. It's a shame that this is an audio medium because like you are very much like glowing and I'm being very genuine and sincere as a friend here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're like, you know, glowing and it's, it's, it looks great. It's nice. It's nice that the sun is out um, mm-hmm. after like a long period of being in the clouds. And I'm looking forward to having our one, one or two days before we have to go back to mandated gray weather because too much sun might make people happy in the UK and we can't mm-hmm. have that. No, I can't. Um, that's right. As always. And we're joined by a returning guest, uh, champion, friend of the show, friend of the shows, uh, Alice Caldwell Kelly. Alice, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm basking in the beautiful sunlight of Glasgow, uh, <laughs> which definitely exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, uh, yeah, I like, I don't know what what what's what in Glasgow. What's the attitude? Is there is there like animosity towards the sun? Is there like resentment? I would towards say the... I would say we we run to a sort of like primitive sun worship where when the sun appears, we take it as like a a sign and a portent, and everyone in within like about five miles takes their shirts off at once and just sort of broils <laughs> under it. And the strange thing is that it has this effect of giving uh, guys who walk around with their shirts off sunburn. Even when there's not really any sun, mm. but it's above like 14 degrees, that's enough. Yeah. Everybody looks like a lobster. It's perfect. I love it. Great yeah, there was, there was a day like a few weeks ago where the sun came out and it was like quite chilly still. Mm. But the first person I saw when I came out of my flat was a guy without his shirt on and like, you know, uh, and- enjoying the summer of Morbius. Yeah, he, that was my conclusion. Like, yeah, uh, you're enjoying the summer, but we are all enjoying the summer of Morbius. Uh, <laughs> we should do we should do a Morbius episode. Anyway, no, we're not doing Morbius episode today. Um, we are doing uh, a guest like Poster's potluck. Um, look, uh, yeah, you had me bring some like cold potato salad and a little Tupperware container. Yeah, well, uh, look, I don't sleep on the potato salad. I think the potato salads are. A uh, underrated like barbecue it's a risky choice. I, I think you can you can enjoy some potato salad at a potluck, but you can't eat everybody's potato salad. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, I usually bring stew to a pot. I've only ever been invited to two potlucks, and both times I bring stew. soup to a potluck. No, soup soup is too risky. But that's mostly because <laughs> it's like too like you know you don't want that stuff. Like imagine your soup like spilling on the bus. That would be very embarrassing. But a stew, I think, has that kind of like medium you know it, it's stir, it's kind of like viscous enough to like you know stay mm. in the container but sorry you know, no, no 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 i'm not i'm not having this what do you imagine the quality of a stew is that makes it so much well, less some likely absorbency. to get filled there's, no, there's like gonna, ballast if, if in gonna, there if you're gonna mr magoo a container of soup <laughs> on the bus then you will then you will definitely do the same thing with a stew no because a stew is like more stir i mean for lack of a better term it's more sturdy Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it like stays. a matrix of like fat and like starch. It's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's it's, stay, it'll it's, coagulate. It yeah. stays within the container better. Right? I, I, I agree with that. I, agree with that. I would say that like I would say that Tupperware is built for stews, but not for soups. <laughs> with soups, you'd have to get like a you'd have to carry like some kind of bowl or like a big cup, like a bottle of soup, maybe. Yeah, you I have actually have I actually have a special soup specific piece of Tupperware. Interesting. Ah, interesting. I'm built different. Yeah, it's like it's a kind of it's a sort of huge like plastic cylinder with a really really secure lid. So it's sort of like kind of has yeah. the kind of the energy of a bowl, but isn't a bowl. I, I I would say that the most valuable thing you could do with a potluck is to be the person who brings that sort of like keystone starch, whether that's like potatoes or like rice, mm-hmm. um, anything like that. But if you if you just bring a big dish of that, I think that's that's really the way to go. And mm-hmm. everybody else can then arrive, you know, a half hour late, drenched in soup, being like, "Why well, <laughs> I, I, I I tripped on the bus," <laughs> and, and you'll just be there, being like, "That's." It's fine. That's, Soak up that's, some that's of the. Something, that's something worth knowing. You invite Alice Ram for dinner. She's showing yeah. up with a huge thing of rice and uh, and a coagulated stew. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm showing up the rice or the potatoes, and then you can all like pour all of your soups and stews into that, and like that's uh, right. just mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what a potluck is. That, I that, assume. Yeah, look, that would be a dinner party at my house. Like basically, like I'm making the rice, and you just pour whatever, pour whatever you want on the rice. Um, yeah. 
God, like I a kind of savory muller corner. Yeah. Mm. Oh, maybe I could do that. Okay. Anyway, look, I'm going to write that in my ideas book. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, we will we invented the new thing, the rice party. That's right. The rice party. Well, look, we have some stuff on the docket to talk about today. Um, we have, this is actually the first episode where we'll have more TikToks to talk about than tweets, which I think is an interesting um, evolution. Although that being said, both TikToks did come from tweets. So mutually reinforcing, and especially yeah. since we're about to talk about a, a Twitter account that's entirely about TikToks. Yes, interesting. Okay, so that is a good way, uh, Alice, to segue into the first like section, which is of course the kind of like ongoing as of the day of recording, uh, libs of TikTok drama. Um, so this was a story that came out of the Washington Post yesterday. It was reporting on uh, the person who was running the libs of TikTok account, which like I guess all of us have now seen, but I've kind of kept my tabs on it for a little bit because. Mm. Um, earlier this year, there were a lot of these accounts that were on Twitter that were basically amalgamating TikToks. And they were things that were basically pointing at like people that they found weird or like gross or kind of strange. You know, there were different versions of it. So there were kind of like right wing weirdos on Twitter. And like um, there were something like theater kids, like who were being weird on TikTok and like those accounts. Like, so there were lots of these small accounts which were basically out like amalgamating TikToks and posting them out. And like some got some popularity, but most kind of plateaued. Libs of TikTok has, has kind of like um, superseded all of that even prior to like the events that have happened fairly recently. Um, and to kind of like summate sum, like what's going on here, the Libs of TikTok account says that it's basically amalgamating like all the weird stuff that they find from liber- like liberals on TikTok, like, you know, uh, liberal lefties or just like people who... Um, and there's like just it was basically like a lot of cringe, but like very recent or like more recently, it's been posting out TikToks from teachers, especially teachers who are openly LGBTQ, um, who are talking about like teaching, uh, or like at least talking about like quite openly LGBTQ issues inside American schools in the context of a kind of culture war in which like certain states, including Texas and Florida, have like banned like particular texts. They've banned like forms of sex education. They've basically kind of yeah they're basically just like making everything uh heterosexual and conservative they mm. they 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 went to they went to british private schools and they were like more of this we need this in florida um <laughs> yeah it's, and- it's strange because libs of tiktok's content really has changed over time from being this kind of like cringe compilation thing and really kind of floundering for content at times like i, I didn't exactly keep up with it but i'd see people like make fun of it and a lot of the time you go like, well, you know, there's no lib in this, or this isn't yeah. even a TikTok. You're just kind of like posting. Um, and then since the sort of like push against what you might call like woke or uh, like any kind of gender theory in schools, um, and since Chris Rufo, longtime Republican strategist in particular, kind of like led the thing on like, oh, just call people groomers, just call people yes, pedophiles. Yeah that's been the real sort of like gear yeah. change. And this is the thing. I think there were some accounts who like, actually I noticed this before TikTok on Twitter where they would do like, you know, um, X, it would be basically X groups posting the L. So it'd be like women posting mm. the L's, um, trans people oh, posting the L's. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like um, blue checks posting the L's. I think I got featured on an L account once, but I can't remember what it was um, or, or like what I posted. Um, but like, they were kind of such a big thing and then it just moved to TikTok. So it's like an evolution of uh, Alice, as you mentioned, like compilations of what different people online think is cringe. Um, mm. And the libs of TikTok stuff kind of got a lot of exposure because prior to the expose, it was also being cited by mainstream right figures, including Tucker Carlson and Jesse Waters on Fox News. Um, and it was being used basically as like proof of, you know, the kind of woke agenda or the kind of grooming agenda as like it was now. So it's kind yeah, of all it, about, had, yeah. it had a lot of backing uh, quietly from uh, like longtime Republican strategists, um, mm-hmm. uh, people like the the head of the Babylon Bee, one of the unintentionally yeah. funniest accounts on Twitter. Elon Musk's um, favorite site. Yeah, exactly. And so um, it, it was kind of this stealth operation, uh, which was then sort of exposed in a way, and this this has led to a huge amount of posting. Yes. So 
I uh, I was a little bit busy today uh, dealing with my own woke nightmare inside Peaceborough Passport Office. So <laughs> I wasn't like, I wasn't kind of like watching everything taking place yesterday. Yeah, you were trying to get your passport and they're like, you actually have to change the gender on this. Yeah, that's right. They were like, no, you are, yeah, you are non-binary and <laughs> they, they forced me to do it. Uh, and then the next thing I know, I looked at my phone and the calendar said it was January 1st, 1984. Uh, <laughs> but so like, I, I, I guess maybe like as uh someone who was probably more online yesterday than i was like can you kind of like what 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 is going on in terms of the discourse around this because like from what i understand there are like several things going on there is like the conversation about doxing there is the conversation about like exposing someone there's the obvious conversation about like journalism and like what journalism constitutes as but like we were speaking just before we recorded how like none of this is actually like that interesting compared to what is actually taking place or like what actually seems to sort of be the issue yeah um well f first off i actually wasn't especially online um online yesterday because what i was well, doing read into the records i want yeah i want that to be i want that to be clear yeah. so because you were also at peterborough passport office <laughs> yeah well i'm because i'm part of um of the sisification arm <laughs> that they've got down at um peterborough passport office and um i was insisting um that hussein not only uh not only declares himself to be non-binary but um but uh but wears a dress while he's while mm. he's doing it um it's, 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 honestly it's like well i like you know i i feel like i should be allowed to talk about this publicly with some pride because i did get the job through the civil service fast track and it's really hard <laughs> to get on so <laughs> jot that down for a kickoff no what i was doing yesterday was i was a. Uh, watching various videos on how to uh, on how to fold different items of linen and i was just having oh, a really really TikTok. Yeah. and i was just having a really <laughs> really good like good morning uh like folding duvet covers and towels and making mm. towels look like they like in they're in a kind of little spa roll mm. and stuff so that's what i was doing yesterday and absolutely not following the uh, libs of tiktok story at all but what i think is what i think is interesting about it is that it is Become, it has become apparent that it is a that it is not necessarily uh, a strategy which is known to the creator, which, as far as we can tell, is just an absolutely classic example of the of the kind of the erosion of the social contract, which has been uh, which has been produced by uh, by a mixture of mediation of our social and professional and cultural lives by tech companies and also uh and also creeping surveillance culture mm. and it's and it's and it's produced an awful lot of people who just who simply cannot mind their own business and who treat their own lives as content fodder and treat other people's lives as content fodder as well and everyone is constantly at risk of being of being filmed and of being turned. You, you may, you may become a content creator at any time. Yeah, because yeah. the woman, the woman who was behind this, um, was she's she's a realtor, I believe, um, like an oh. estate agent essentially, yeah. which very different vibes in the US and the UK, but uh, absolutely sort of like the perfect role to be like sort of a middleman in the American economy and then go insane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she was she was she got into like QAnon. She was at the like January sixth uh, thing at the Capitol. Um, but at every point she was trying to like post and trying to create a brand for herself through like several accounts, which the Washington Post like traced back. And the thing that really fascinates me, the really salient detail here is not the like backing from like longtime Republican operatives. That's what they are expected. It's not crying about doxing because that's expected too. That's just working the refs. The thing that like interests me is that before she did the libs of TikTok, her thing was a gimmick account where she was posting in the character of a houseplant in the White House. Yes. And, that's, and that didn't take off, so she made libs of TikTok instead. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, she did like six accounts using the same sort of like designation, and yeah. eventually one of them stuck because ultimately she understood that like in posting, the game is literally just to throw as much shit at the wall as possible and see Absolutely. what sticks. Um, but I do find that very funny because it's like in the vein of like the people who did those accounts pretending to be like the dogs in the Biden White House or like one of my favorite <laughs> stories. Yeah. 
one of the like my favorite stories I ever wrote for like Mel Magazine, which was like the con- old conservative British men who pretended to be ducks online, um, and that <laughs> and that would include like adding random quacks to like their written speech. It was like bizarre. I think it's like it's still on the website. So if anyone wants to read that, it was like one of the most bizarre things I sort of came across. And like now I kind of realize, oh, there's this pattern online where people pretend to be animals and inanimate objects for some reason, mm. um, and like that kind of sort of seems to be something worth exploring in terms of being an aspect of internet culture. Mm. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, so I you just have this like worth exploring. Yeah. So you just have this like hopeless, uh, obviously extremely like hostile and bigoted person who is just sort of like grasping for an audience. Mm. And um, yeah, it's sort of like, I, I think it was kind of a hit on its own terms and then was sort of piggybacked on by all of the establishment right-wing figures yeah. who have then made it sort of legitimate to the point where like uh, she got to go on, on Tucker Carlson and complain about being silenced because she caught like a 12-hour suspension. Yeah, I, mm. I, like, I think I think quite a lot of the discussion around it is a is a trick and a, and, and, and a trap because what I think is, what I think is peculiar about the way that, way that people are engaging with it is it's the same, like it, it's the same idiocy all over again that we've been seeing again and again and again, which is where people are much more concerned with, with hypocrisy or what they can think of as a kind of, as a kind of this you hypocrisy than mm. they are concerned with uh with questions of either of either of morality or of ethics that is being that's sort of being produced by this activity so the, so the so the question is not whether or not it is a good thing that formal politics has found a way of um has found a, has found a method and i think this is a this is a process which started i would say getting on for a couple of decades now ago no. where where form where, where formalized and professionalized political operatives know that they can't do certain stuff like it doesn't like i mm. mean maybe more more so with the kind of with the with the with the kind of q congress congress people kind of coming through and the uh and the kind of the future where people who have been kind of People who have been sort of radicalized are going to start running for office, and no one has really thought about how to prepare for that at all. I suppose because there's no way of preparing for it. Because what can you do? There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do about it. There's no putting the toothpaste back in that tube. Uh, but even, I mean, I think even kind of Marjorie Taylor Greene would hesitate to post a picture of a teacher with their name and the school that they that they that they teach um in order to invite in order to invite people to, yeah, it, to it, explicitly like, it, calling them like, a pedophile yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah explicitly calling them a pedophile um which again it's like is is sort of so interesting because these people i'm doing the same thing where i'm saying like why are you so interested in the hypocrisy it is it is interesting that they're so fixated on the idea of paedophilia and grooming because i'm sure that some of mm. them i'm sure some of them mean it i don't think that it's necessarily the case that they're they're all that they're all they've all worked out a kind of cynical a sort of cynical sure. kind of um way of way of framing it and phrasing it but in terms of like danger to children the biggest danger to children is within right-wing institutions it's it's within religion and it's within the family that's the that's where that's where like the locus of kind of child abuse and grooming and and crucially within a sort of like isolation and like a lack of transparency which is kind of the opposite of what the tiktoks that they're like scraping to do this are because they are so incredibly transparent this is a teacher filming themselves saying i am a queer person i am a trans person like like etc like it couldn't be it couldn't be less covert it couldn't be Mm. less um it couldn't be less and also the entire like the entire kind of like subject of this bill is to try and make things more hidden and less transparent and less talked about which again leads to leads to these kind of conspiracies of silence which i think is yeah, but again, we're not talking about hypocrisy because hypocrisy is not an interesting subject. 
when you are dealing with the right because you can't expect you can't expect anyone to to stick by the rules that they made no. up because well, they I mean, the thing it. the thing about the hypocrisy is that that's that's there for mass iglesias basically yeah, like yeah. all of this <laughs> all of the sort of complaining that um that the operator of this account is doing um is is like Simultaneously, it's to aggrieve all of the like groipers and the replies, which fine, whatever they're going to dock someone in response. Uh, but it's 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 also to get someone like Madaglazius or like any other lib journalist to be like, oh well, maybe the situation here is like nuanced yeah. when it's not. Um, also, or saying stuff like, yeah, but what happens when uh, when someone does this to someone on the left? It's like, let me just have Ooh. some some news for you. <laughs> Can you imagine someone on the Can left you, being doxxed? Yeah. Well, Can you or imagine you, yeah. there being an entire there, there being an entire kind of like for, like mm. social and cultural forces raged, ranged against exposing the activities of left-wing people? No, no, that could never be. <laughs> that could never be the case. One thing, yeah, one thing I noticed was that like, well, they've actually gone beyond this now. So they're not kind of, I mean, there are still people who are like, oh, um, imagine when someone like on the left like gets their anonymous account exposed, uh, like what problems it will be then, which like loses the point. But yeah, and, you know, as you mentioned, like it's happened before and it continues to happen. Um, and like, you know, we've seen that in a very sort we've been very overt ways with like members of the public being identified and like seized on by the British right wing press, for example. Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same we time, the left wing yeah. Islington woke couple who like called the cops on Boris Johnson, That's merely right. for screaming at his girlfriend at three in the morning. That's right. Happen like, you know, it, it, it's uh, something that no Englishman's allowed to do anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah. but like, I think it's also, you know, uh, so we've spoken about this tendency of like, kind of seeing very transparent things uh, and kind of like using that to sort of fuel your paranoia in like different contexts, right? So like, I think about like some of the dumb tweets that I've done and how they sometimes still go viral. And like any kind of sane person will sort of be able to tell that like this is like not only implausible, but it's like very overtly a joke. But like at that point, it doesn't really matter because it kind of like fits into an apparatus of a narrative that like has been agreed on by like people involved in it like already exists. Mm -hmm. Like the mm -hmm. teachers aren't doing bits, but it's very much the case of like all these people. And like, you're right. And I think, <clears throat> you know, Chris Rufo has been very kind of deliberate and like overt in saying that, yeah, there is a strategy at play. The strategy is, is that like all our enemies will be kind of like, um, they'll be they'll be tarnished as like you know woke, so be tarnished as like groomers now. Um, and it's completely okay to just like call anyone you want a pedophile because like it doesn't matter if they've actually done the noncing; they're part of like the nonce apparatus. Um, so like they're kind of complicit, and like the expansion of that complicity means that like anyone you basically want uh, or that you don't like fits into it. I was thinking about this like <clears throat> on, on the way here, whereas like, you know, one of the kind of like endless debates about like wokeness and the definition of woke and like how it's tedious because ultimately it doesn't matter because it's become such like a nebulous but all encompassing phrase that like its use is kind of functionary. The people that you don't like and the people who you kind of like don't want to engage in seriously, but you still want to eliminate anyway, you can just kind of like give them that label and they fit within the apparatus and like, you know, once the right sort of realized that they could do that with those types of terms, like it made sense that they would just extend that further. I mean, the final thing I would say is like, <clears throat> like the question about, okay, where do libs of TikTok and these types of accounts fit into like the broader right-wing media framework? Because Phoebe, you're right. Well, in the, everywhere now, everywhere in, the, now in, yeah. in the day since their um, alleged doxing, they've gotten a salary from the Babylon Bee to keep posting. Uh, they've got on national television, and they've started a Substack with a fifty dollars subscription fee. So every single grift everywhere, all the time at yeah. once. Nice. They don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to. They don't have to offer tears or like do a Discord server or like <laughs> make T-shirts and enamel no. badges. They just went straight for the fifty dollar tier. Um, but no, like I think. Yeah, I, well, I mean, yeah. maybe maybe we're just hating on a girl boss. Maybe we are. Just <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it wouldn't be that expensive if it wasn't worth it. Mm. <laughs> going to say was like before all this but what was also becoming very clear is that you're like phoebe you're right in the sense like you know for like the right-wing pundits in the u.s who like you know and i guess to an extent in the uk too but we'll make this u.s centric for the sake of the conversation like there are certain things that they just haven't really ever been able to do yeah and then i think the final thing i would say about just like how where it fits into the right-wing apparatus is that phoebe you're completely right 
in like saying that like for some like right-wing pundits and like politicians there are things that they just like can't do and they're not in a position to do um but also like because the fact the because of the fact they're like they're extremely online um they can rely on these kind of very established like online networks which don't just consist of like you know posters anymore it also consists of like very big figures from like Elon Musk and Peter Thiel and like all these yeah. types in like who kind of like very actively use the internet and use like social media for like very specific political goals um and they're able to kind of like use these accounts as cover to basically say the stuff that they want to say um, but in a way that kind of like absolves them as responsibility, which is why I think we sort of get this line, like this defensive line of like, oh, libs of TikTok are just a content aggregator. And the fact that like they've been exposed means that anyone who just wants to like use openly available stuff on the internet is now in danger, which is like basically the Glenn Greenwald take. Um, yeah, Glenn Greenwald who accidentally confirmed the identity he's such of a good, the, uh, he's the such, operator. Yeah, he's such a good journalist. And like, yeah, I kind of love the yeah. metronome opinion of anonymity. <laughs> I love him. And I, and I, and I kind of think that that's sort of just where we are. It's like in the sense of I think the conversation sort of needs to be on like, okay, how do different people like view the internet and like view kind of like what its kind of purpose is? But also like on the basic level, it's like, okay, you either have to accept that like content has like political and social positionings or they don't but like you can't really have it both ways but then again i think that and i was like well i think the right-wing guys like know this but they just don't give a shit and like them sort of pontificating on these points like just means that like they can I mean, it's not like distracting people but it just means that like they can kind of get people to focus on what is essentially like a conversation that doesn't really exist mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. What I was going to um what I was going to say I was actually going to say something very similar to similar to you which is that um that for, that formal politics has fa has found a way of uh of making sure that their most despicable aims and their worst instincts have can make it into the public public domain by deliberately choosing quite kind of low-key small conduits that they can that they can distance themselves from if need be and that seems like a kind of obvious point but it's a kind of it it is an element of um of the apparatus of of opinion forming and of the apparatus of policy making and the apparatus of doing politics and this is what we mean when we say everything is posting it doesn't mean that posting is like important or like oh twitter is real life it doesn't mean that at all it means that this is a, this is an environment which is made use of by people who have the who have significant power to to affect change materially and have significant power to make to make people's lives very very difficult and very very unpleasant and in some cases very dangerous and that and if you pretend that this environment isn't real and you pretend that it's not a part of the apparatus then you are at i think serious risk of misunderstanding how um how material power operates now um and again i know that like even just saying like that misunderstands how material power operates even that like is has been memeified because it feels like yeah. a kind of quite good way of just like shutting down a conversation when you don't know what to say but it's but it is also in this particular case true uh so I so that's why I think the libs of TikTok thing is interesting because I, there is no sense in hoping that people will come up with will come up with rules which they will agree to stick by and they also think everyone else should stick by because mm. because hypocrisy is not is not a bipartisan issue. Lots and lots of people are hypocrites. We are hypocrites, as I'm about to literally just go into in the next kind of few minutes. <laughs> uh, hypocrisy. I'm not. I'm cool. Alice is not a hypocrite. Alice is the only person chosen by God not a hypocrite. That's However, right. everyone else on the planet yeah. <laughs> is a hypocrite. Um, so, so when, so, I mean, if you're if you're an idiot and you're like, yeah, but what if, uh, what? Yeah, I saw some, I saw somebody calling, uh, calling the identification of the libs of TikTok woman McCarthyism, which is genuinely <laughs> the funniest possible yeah. thing to call it. And like, I don't know if they were joking. Maybe they were joking. I hope they were joking. If they're joking and this was you, then that's a very good joke. But if they're not joking, <laughs> which I suspect, uh, for God's sake. But it's it's because it's not it's not just about whether or not people uh people actually care about being cancelled, but then in the same breath are you know 
showing up with guns to school board meetings to have books banned. Like it's not, it's not, it's not about that because uh, because rules, particularly kind of social uh, social rules, which are enforced by following the social contract, are. Hi, it's Devon, the editor for the podcast Ten Thousand Posts. Um, sadly, at this exact moment, our beloved Phoebe Roy was yanked off stage by a big hook, um, and her computer completely froze. Fortunately, she was able to easily deal with this by turning the computer back on, um, although sadly, due to a big trap door opening underneath her mid-sentence, causing her to fall through the stage in the 10,000 post recording studio into the uh, haberdashery below, uh, she didn't notice that the computer had defaulted to using her webcam mic. So her mic is going to get a little lower quality for the rest of this episode. Uh, it's not her fault. She did get that grievous neck injury from being dragged off stage by a hook. So, so obviously the point of these accounts is to target and encourage harassment. It, it, you, can pretend, sure. you can pretend that that's not what they're for and... You could take the, well, it's not illegal to curate the publicly available stuff that other people put online, but if it's supposed to be directing hostile eyes towards it, it's supposed to be driving, it's supposed to be driving, driving Harris. Death threats, all of yeah, this, like it's, trying to get what, people yeah, fired. Yeah, yeah that, so. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's what it's, that's what it's for. And I think that if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that there, that there are powerful people making making use of of these curations and of these um and of these targeted attempts to to harass then then you re then you really are, you're you're re you're hobbling yourself for no for no particular we can, reason. We can see some of these like uh these mechanisms in action because the press secretary of the governor of Florida is uh, an ardent follower and replier to uh, libs of TikTok, and has like replied to them trying to identify specific teachers in Florida. Mm. So there's there's your link between like uh, like elected political power and yeah. the uh, the doxing um, yeah. Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs like abs absolutely, and it's um, and it's very weird to pretend that it's just people kind of throwing tantrums and saying like, oh, people are mean to, be, mean to me online, and this kind of, mm. oh, just like, shut up, bitch, welcome to the internet. And it's like, well, okay, sure, I have a, I mean, I have a certain, I have a certain sympathy with, well, this is just what it's like. You would never have survived a second on a message board. But, but mm. the point is, is that message boards were not used by elected officials who make policy. They or if were, they were, they were like real weird. They were doing it. Or they, yeah. or they were doing it really, really. They were doing it really. They, 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 they like, were used by guys who would go on to join the CIA and die in Benghazi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even like that. They were being that were being used, but they weren't making use of uh, people posting on message boards because I suppose because at least in part because there's not that kind of strength of dissemination capacity because not only um, not only were message boards and forums not quite so kind of quite so kind of in the open you, you tended to have to be a member to be able to post on them they were quite kind of they were sort of closed loop it's not something that you can just you know just sort of type into type into google but also uh once you were done posting on the forum that was like that was that was that was it it didn't necessarily bleed into the rest of your life but now everyone has devices yeah. Well, the way the way you so, used like, to have so to be able to basically, like it's basically impossible. Hmm. Like, once, like once, once your like once your like once your material or your content has made it into the made it into a public sphere that it's not supposed to have made it into, uh, then you basically have no control over it because because everyone is is has this ex expectation of sort of constant response and constant management and constant surveillance all the time anyway. Yeah, and if you you used to like, if you wanted to organize harassment, if you wanted someone to get death threats, you used to have to like print up a shitload of flyers. You might have to have a meeting. It's a lot of work, and it's a lot of work for for people who generally might not want to, you know, go out of the house that much. Whereas yeah. now, it's very I mean, very easy to do that. I mean, it's it's a dying art. 
<laughs> the, the dying art of like putting dying shit art, through someone's letterbox. The dying yeah. art of death threat pamphleting. I feel like yeah, yeah, absolutely. Someone, Put, like like uh, putting up on like, all the telephone poles around their their area. You yeah, know, I this person like is a groomer. Revive that. They should have like <laughs> they, should, they should like they should do like pamphleting classes at the WI. <laughs> Can we talk about another dying art? Uh, the dying yeah, art of it. TikTok influencing, maybe. Da, ah. da, da. Well, this is the, this is what I was going to say about us being us being hypocrites because, like, literally spending half of this episode saying stuff like, "So it's just like you know, everyone is potential content. People treat their lives as content. People treat other people's lives yeah. as content." So anyway, no we have a list to... of people for you to go and harass. <laughs> yeah. yes, so now we yeah. just have like a list of people who make TikToks that we think are embarrassing and annoying. We're just going to talk about yeah. them because we're hypocrites. Yes, but crucially, yeah, but crucially, um, we're different, and don't ask me how we're different. Well, we're not um, going to call any of them groomers, I think. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to call any of these. I do want to clarify that none of these people are pedophiles. Um, <laughs> uh, legally, we. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about like this one first. Of the bits of notes here, then, in that case. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, okay. Just, yeah, no, get rid of the, all that. Paragraph <laughs> six. We are no longer using paragraph six, guys. Okay. All right. So I so the first TikTok that I submitted to the potluck was um a TikTok from uh a the TikTok stew. Yeah, the TikTok stew, which is just like uh which is yeah, which is just like uh the kind of cold stew in the container. Um it is from a TikToker called Mila Salas, um, who has done this TikTok that has infuriated uh writers and journalists on Twitter, uh, which you know, critical support first of all. But what I think is like very interesting is basically like it's this other example of how people sort of reach the same conclusion as us, but like take it to much more cynical ends. And in this case, like Mia Salas is basically saying that, hey, instead of like being an influencer, and in this case, what she means is like advertising products and services and like VPNs and all that stuff, you can make dollar, dollar, dollar uh, signs rising. And she says, I literally just got paid 500 bucks to write one article in the publication. So like the stuff that she writes are kind of just like your standard clickbait thing. Someone found like some articles that she wrote and it was stuff like what Justin Bieber eats in the morning. And it's worth $500. Uh, like, yeah, what, or, what does Justin Bieber eat in the morning? Uh, I don't know what Justin Bieber eats in the morning, unfortunately. Um, there's like a few others, but it's like very sort of less like minimal. Like, yeah, this is like, you know that stuff when, yeah, when you sort of venture onto Facebook because you have to and like you see those articles, which like you're not quite sure whether when you click a link to it, it's going to like destroy your computer or not. Mm. Um, but they do actually turn out to just be like the kind of lowest like clickbait, like literal clickbait. This one weird of, trick sort yeah, of thing. This yeah. one weird thing that yeah. So here's a few of the others. Like these are Olivia Rodrigo's favorite chain restaurant orders. Um, mm -hmm. Reese Witherspoon shares her number one healthiest brunch. Um, yeah. So it's like I guess she's like blogs for like a food clickbait site, right? And mm. she gets paid like a bunch of money for it. Um, Devin, if you want to put the TikTok in here or but uh, before that would be great. No. No, I don't think I will. Yeah. Um, so like, look, I think this is like a very fun TikTok. I think this is a very funny TikTok because in some ways it's very, so like, well, someone like described to me once, but like TikTok is basically where you kind of like, Oh, all right. Since you've been so nice. Here you go. About the crazy amount of money you can make as a writer. I've been seeing so many TikToks lately about quitting your nine to five to be a content creator or influencer, which is great. But if social media is not really your thing, try writing. I literally just got paid $500 to write one article. For the publication I write the most for, I get paid two hundred dollars to write an article. It takes me two hours. That's a hundred dollars an hour. You're assigned to start freelance writing today. Repackaged like all the tweets that go viral for the wrong reasons, and you just basically turn them into like video-based content. Um, but like the the metric in terms of like sharing and like the kind of impetus of sharing is like very similar. Um, I I don't quite buy that, but I think in these instances, I think like there is kind of some truth to it in the sense that like so many of the TikToks that like go viral. Um, mostly on Twitter, like tend to be like Twitter discourse that is like packaged into video, and they tend to involve like Gen Zers who are basically repeating discourses that happened like before. So in this case, what you have are a bunch of like um, millennial journalists who have sort of been fired like multiple times from like big content farms, like getting really mad for at this woman who basically says that yeah, you can make two hundred dollars like writing an article, like isn't that so much money? I can buy so many shoes with it, etc. Fantastic. I mean, this is the thing, right? This is a very, it feels very harmless as a TikTok. It's yeah. quite like, it's, it's, it's clueless, right? No, it's, it's privilege, which I really like about it. It's just like, 
Have you considered uh, making money? It's easy. One of the best. It's easy things, for me yeah. to do this, actually. One of the best things about this TikTok is also like at some point towards the end, she's just like, "Yeah, it takes me about an hour, and I earn like a hundred bucks an hour writing this like article." And it's extremely funny when you kind of like reflect that to Twitter writers, or like millennial writers on Twitter, for whom like the whole idea of being like a digital journalist was like an identity and still remains like an identity in and of itself, right? And like there are kind of good arguments for that when it comes to things like unionization and like workers' rights and like stuff in content factories but there's also like that side to it where it's like people millennials who take themselves very very seriously as writers despite working for like you know online you know these types of like online outlets for us like just churning out content in some form or another it's not to like diminish that work but it's more like they're confronted with someone who is basically kind of like taking it's kind of i mean it's, it's very similar to the gary v stuff which is like gary v reaches the same conclusion as like us in terms of like you can just like milk everything into content and get money out of it she's done that for writing and she basically says in these overt terms that oh yeah this is like an easy and dumb job to do it's basically <laughs> a side hustle i do it in my pajamas i write these articles like for one hour a day and i earn 200 bucks it's great like why do people complain about this yeah it's perfect <laughs> i think it, i think it's extra funny that she is giving this advice from her influence to tiktok because yeah. it, it, it so exposes the extent to which it's all just a pyramid scheme. That's I haven't like seen her. I haven't seen the rest of her TikTok, but like, yeah, like basically. I think that's. I think that. I think that's. I think that's delightful, and and I think it's quite funny when um, people kind of who sort of fell for the for the digital newsroom model in like 2010, being like, "I'm lucky if I get paid 70 quid for an article." It's like, well, yeah. So maybe don't write articles. Yeah, dig, look, dig, you won't die if you don't write articles. Dig, 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 <laughs> no, it's about the craft. I'm, <laughs> I am basically like every character in the newsroom, and this is this is this is my calling. Which I mean, fair enough. I understand that because like nobody was fucking working, getting jobs in traditional newsrooms because there weren't any left. Mm. But like, it's it's such a sort of counterblast to that to have this woman show up and be like, yeah, no, this <laughs> is this is a joke job that I do for a, a vast amount of money, and you can too. Yeah, like she's kind of, nothing yeah. from me. Anyone can do she, it. She's kind of exposed yeah. like online written content as a pyramid scheme, right? And yeah. you know, and I think but for, not just that, but, to, but being a TikTok influencer is a pyramid scheme because it's somebody who is apparently doing quite well out of it, uh, making bullshit recommendations to other people. She's creating her downline. Yeah, that's she's true. A, that's... She's, she's a mum. She's a mum on Facebook, and we yeah. have to respect that. And what she's oh, yeah, I'm, I'm being I'm being mean about people just being like, I don't even get paid seventy quid for an article. It's like it's it. I I do sympathise. Like times mm. are times are tough for writers, and I wish I was a tree surgeon instead. That's my yeah. Well, I mean, look, my, that's my take on this. I mean, look, it's the reason why we're not writing and doing a podcast, right? Like, you know, it makes this yeah. is this is kind this is kind of it, and like, yeah, it's it's very much that situation of like what she's basically done in all but like action is like do it. She's kind of made an account called like Personal Essay Writers Post for L's. And you know, what? <laughs> kind of, yeah. And you know what? Yeah, okay, fair enough. I I take that in. Yeah, I think it's a delightful TikTok. I think like it's fine. You know, uh, I think boiled, like, boiled a huge amount of piss. Yeah, and I and, and I yeah, and I think that if you're going to do a good post, that like a good post is one that boils a lot of piss, and this succeeded. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, we're, we're close to running out of time, but I do have one little treat for all of us, uh, to kind of like the little kind of dessert at the end, which is from friend of the show, Scott Adams. Do you remember that guy? Uh, the, um, the sex hypnotist and inventor of Dilbert. Yes, of course right, I yeah. do. He lives in the big castle that looks like Dilbert. Mm -hmm. Um, and he had like a 20 year old girlfriend who like left him, uh, and like yep. wife, yeah, he, wife, they got married, no, but, but she left him. Yeah. But like, oh, she was his wife. Okay. Well, I think yeah, and I think he's still looking after her kids. Yes. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, and while she's like king. posting supportive yeah. king, and she's posting, yeah, she's creators of Bill, but posting their posting she's their posting. L's. Well, <laughs> speaking of L's, he had po he has posted a bunch of L's fairly recently. Um, in fact, there's more than I expected. So, uh, I'm going to read a few of them out. Uh, number of times a real gun has been pointed at my head. Five. 
I know some Scott Adams law that explains this, by the uh -huh. way. Uh, okay, you could, yeah, let me read this out, but you can explain sure. what's going on. Okay, number of fights I've ever been in. Zero. I attacked two bullies in my teen years, but they surrendered without counting. Number of car times my car stereo has been stolen. Four. The number of times my, my home has been burgled. Five. The number of times I have been assaulted at knife point. Two. The number of times <laughs> someone Aaron has... The number of times someone has stolen more than $50,000 from me. Five to seven times. Um, Why is it a range? Yeah, I don't understand. Like, is there like are there two that he's not quite sure whether the money got stolen or whether he's, he's still like still waiting to get the fifty thousand dollars back on like two of them potentially? So he's just like done this thread very randomly of just like things that have happened to him in his life, but like there's no sort of precedent for it. He's not quote tweeted anything. Oh. He doesn't seem to be responding to anything specific. It's just like he decided on April seventeenth, I'm going to post all my L's. <laughs> um and start again and i don't know maybe it's an easter thing right like maybe he's kind of like you know jesus is risen i need to cleanse myself of like my kind of burdens here are my burdens i i have i have been scammed out of fifty thousand dollars between five to seven times so i'm not quite sure um okay so i guess so, so like, much it's money like, it's like he's, it's like he's He's, he's sharing yeah. he also claimed to have cured himself oh, of three right. incurable conditions mm -hmm. um okay right okay cool uh, Due to the, the hypnotism, I believe, because he's very into his hypnotism. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, Alice, can you explain to us like what's going on with the knife point thing? And like the knife point thing, I, I, because I read the Dilbert books when I was a kid, so I know about <laughs> this. Uh, this, you is, read this is actually yeah, you read weirdly the, the yeah. This is actually the weird handshake meme between me and Riley Quinn. Um, <laughs> is that we're both like familiar with the the Dilbert books. <laughs> um, but the the reason why he uh, was held at gunpoint so many times is because he used to be a bank teller, and so he just was like the teller in a bunch of banks that got robbed. Right, and it's, interesting. It's okay. very funny to me to imagine like the movie Heat or whatever, but Scott Adams has a minor role in that. Um, <laughs> interesting. Is that yeah. true? That's true. On on God, that is true. He was a bank teller, and he got robbed. His bank got robbed a lot. Um, it does happen. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. Yeah, and and so in the course of that, he developed Dilbert, and then Dilbert was very successful. He did a bunch of like uh, cockamamie business ventures, like the Dilburito, and opening two restaurants in California. Uh, and maybe that was th those were some of the times when he was robbed of fifty thousand dollars. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Dilburito. <laughs> he 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 built the big house shaped like Dilbert's head. Maybe that Move. was like one time. Yeah, he got a, con yeah, maybe, a, a maybe. contractor like scammed him out of like fifty thousand dollars. It could be so, and then he got yeah. very into into hypnosis and specifically um, sex hypnosis. So now, if you go and read the Dilbert blog, it, 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 at some point it took a turn into Scott <laughs> Adams claiming that he will give you the best orgasm of your life. Um, what, so if it, Alice, what, what is what is Sex hypnosis. Well, it's it's like he's gonna hypnotize you in such a way that he's gonna like embed a hypnotic trigger in you, and so when you're having sex, you're gonna that's gonna activate and you're gonna like come really hard. I think is what the, that's the way he describes it anyway. So he's gonna Manchurian candidate. Yes, yeah, he's gonna Manchurian candidate you, but instead of uh, like killing the president, you're just gonna have a really good yeah. orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a more accurate legal definition of sex hypnosis? <laughs> I'm not asking. sure if sex hypnosis is like a regulated or like protected <laughs> term. I, I, I don't think he's like a therapist or anything. I think he just taught himself hypnosis, yeah. believes that he has like cured himself of three incurable conditions with it. And also, what are the incurable conditions? He, he does not I say. Really like it. I'd really like it if it was something if it was something which is like incurable but not but not fatal, like cold sores. Yeah, no, totally. I, I would believe that he he thinks he has like cured his own cold sores with uh, with hypnosis. Yeah. With sex hypnosis. With sex hypnosis, yeah. Or with regular hypnosis. Well, I I mean cold sores are a herpes virus, so what <laughs> Adams will make you not so hard that your cold sores will just fall off. <laughs> <laughs> Great, sign sign me up. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, if I swear to God, do not sound clip that. <laughs> <laughs> so, on that note, because uh, we are like running very close to time, uh, yeah, that was Scott Adams. Uh, that was Scott Adams posting his L's. Uh, that was also one other theory. Maybe he's posting his L's because he desperately wants someone to make Scott Adams posting his L's 
uh, on Twitter so that he can then find him his way back onto Fox News as a pundit. Maybe, maybe. he's maybe, maybe he's playing the long game, um, trying to kind of get back some of his former self after his wife left him uh, with their kid. And to which I say, well, look, I don't agree with the methods or your politics, but I certainly understand where you're coming from. Uh, yeah. So on that note, maybe we should uh, we should wrap up. Critical support. Uh, no, not the moderately suspiciously <laughs> critical support of Scott yeah. Adams for this one for this one specific thing, which is trying to get attention on the internet. Yeah. We have to arm and train the moderate rebels within Scott Adams. That's right. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> on that note, uh, we should end the show. So, Alice, thank you so much for coming on and joining oh, us. My pleasure. Um, if people want to follow the stuff that you do, how can they do that? Uh, three podcasts: Kill James Bond, Trash Future. Well, there's your problem. I'm on Twitter at Alice Avazandam. Thanks yep. so much. We will link all that stuff. Uh, be great. You can follow us at 10K Postpod on Twitter.com. Uh, you can follow me at H Kizvani. I post all my stuff there. Uh, Phoebe, if people aren't familiar with your stuff or want more Phoebe, how can they do that? If you want more Phoebe, then Twitter is not the best place to find it because I basically <laughs> just look now i just lurk and send people tweets that they don't want to see that's like that's what i do on twitter if you want to get involved in that if you want to get involved in my like in my horrifying tweet circle then uh, then be my guest uh you can request to follow my twitter account at prh roy uh if you want to see uh pictures of me folding towels and sheets and stuff also i've learned how to i've learned how to fold a fitted sheet and like i think this is the most i've accomplished in maybe the last two years TikTok. and i'm very very proud. yeah Absolutely. Yeah, I maybe I should maybe I should start a folding TikTok. Anyway, um, a, a, like a TikTok account just for folding. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm too old. Um, so <laughs> if you would like to, if you like to see my, if you like to see my videos on Instagram of me folding stuff, uh, you can at Phoebe underscore Rose underscore Holly, and you can listen to me and Milo's Seinfeld podcast, uh, which is about like what the deal with folding is. <laughs> um. Basically, that's all it's about, uh, which I do with Milo Edwards, and that's Masters of Our Domain. And you can follow its Twitter account at Masters of Pod, where we post the episodes and other things that come into our head. Cool. Yeah. Uh, this show is produced by Devin. You can follow them at Devin underscore on Earth. Uh, you can also follow their podcast, Kill James Bond, which Alice is also on. Uh, funnily enough, look at that. That, look at that convergence, baby. Brand uh, synergy. That's right. Uh, yeah, we definitely just don't hit up like the same roster <laughs> like, very frequently. <laughs> um, okay, so on that note, uh, yeah, we're going to end the show. So thanks for listening once again, and we will catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.